0: Another episode of Unverified Accounts for You. I'm your host, as usual, Chris, here with Liza and Philip. What's up, guys? What's Hi. up? Beautiful Saturday afternoon. And today we're going to talk about Raya and the Last Dragon, which just came out. But I mean, more importantly, uh, I think the movie is the, the bigger topic at hand is Southeast Asian representation. There's been like a little controversy. I don't think it's uh, that real, but uh, I think it points to something bigger. And hey, we are a majority Southeast Asian podcast so we have authority to talk about this so let's get into that (laughs) later but let's do our usual rundown of the stories that interested us this week um (laughs) so so at top of our list dr seuss apparently the right way to say his name is dr Soyce. which sounds stupid kind of doesn't it i don't like saying that yeah bernstein
1: Um, bears bernstein bears
0: uh yeah but I, i guess it I guess it's German, and yeah, the the EU sounds kind of like oi. So, uh, but Dr. Soyce, that that just sounds
1: like
2: a like a soy sauce, <laughs>
1: soy sauce,
0: or like a bad like Jersey accent you're putting on. But anyway, what happened exactly? So, so the details. Like I was a little mistaken because I had this is what I get for following some, some blue check Democrat on Twitter's uh, tweet thread. I don't even know why I read it, but she said actually no books have been affected it was just like one library saying we're just not gonna couple his books with like national reading day but philip you corrected me you said some books have actually gotten like stopped publishing like what are your details
1: i I thought i thought that their his trust or whatever whoever still publishes the dr Seuss books and you know makes money off it took specifically six books off publishing because they were deemed offensive and these are like they're not like you know the cat in the hat or greetings in ham these are like B or C list. Uh, it's not doctor, the famous no, ones. They're not. They're not. No, but they they do have some imagery in there that you know they decided was not appropriate and they took them off uh, publishing.
0: Yeah, I think they kind of took the extra step. I don't think anyone was necessarily demanding this, but I think the the estate of Doctor Sui's or Doctor Seuss said, "Okay, you know what these these books are pretty bad. We're not going to publish them anymore." And I, I think it was a, a defensive, basically quarantining the most, uh, you know, infectious. Books so that they can protect their real moneymakers, which is, uh, you know, Cat in the Hat, the, uh, the Grinch, and so forth. But what what were you guys' thoughts on this whole thing?
1: I mean, like I said, I, I like they're, they're B list books. So I don't think it's that important. I, I agree with you that maybe they're just trying to get ahead of you know future accusations or something because they realize they had this stuff lying around that wasn't considered savory. Um, I don't know. I think the interesting conversation we had about it. Around like, you know, are people celebrating this because, you know, room is being made for other books to come out that are that, you know, that you would spend your kind of allotted book budget on as a parent? Like, is that is that a good thing that we're actually making room for people to like, you know, get into books other than just the defaults like Dr. Seuss and the Hungry Caterpillar and stuff like that? I think there's a positive there. I just don't think it's as bad as like the right wingers are blowing this up to be, in my opinion.
2: So is there progress to be made? So, so. I don't understand how this moves things forward. Like progress was being made and these books were already in existence and like most of us didn't even know that they that they were even uh, around. Like most of us had never read the books, you know, they're yeah. you know, they're B-list books. They're not the famous ones. So how does like depublishing it and making such a big deal out of depublishing it? Like how does that progress anything?
1: I don't think it does. I think it's actually probably just a, like a like, proactive What's the point of it? It's like a proactive PR move from the Dr. Seuss Foundation, right? Like, they're just mm-hmm. trying to avoid someone coming at them later by kind of canceling themselves right now uh, for these six specific books. That that really, like, to your point, Liza, no one's going to buy them anyway. They're going to buy Cat in the Hat. They're going to buy, you know, Green Eggs and Ham for their kids. Mm-hmm. So maybe that, actually, maybe it actually isn't making any room for, you know, new writers to write more diverse children's books. So, yeah, but I do think that this
0: is. A start that it, one day I think they are going to go after those big books because that's
2: what I that's what I feel too. I feel like this is this is where we're headed. Let's we're testing the waters. Let's let's get rid of the B list books, but pretty soon let's just get rid of all of Sue's books. You know,
0: yes, because we know what a forgiving bunch they are, right? <laughs> as soon as you uh, you know they they always meet you halfway, because <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right, Philip, and this actually because I do think this ultimately comes down to economics and market share. Dr. Seuss takes up a lot of room in the pretty lucrative or uh, we know a lot like these elite liberal types do love their children's books or at least writing them. I I, I don't know how much they actually read, but they definitely write them like everyone yeah. has a children's book coming out. Uh, and so this is a market they want and they value probably for like.
2: Why are they so obsessed with writing children's books?
0: Well, because it's fucking easy. I mean, that's oh, the thing. I like, what is honestly the literary value of the cat in the hat. I think a lot of it is just it was there first, and everyone just buys well, it. Well, basically, thinking. like
2: phonics, and then like if you read out loud to your kids and have them read out loud too, it's like I don't know, like diction, articulation.
0: Yeah, whatever. I mean, I mean, I think some ideas are are very like time. Like I like said, dark uh, the Grinch, the story of the Grinch is mm-hmm. I think very special. But you know, a bunch of silly rhymes, like it, on, like honestly, it's it's kind of fungible. You could swap it out for anything else, and that's exactly I think what they're going after. Saying, hey, why is this? old white guy uh, taking up all this cash. You know, why not our books? And I, I think this is the start of chipping away at the image of Dr. Seuss so that one day, uh, maybe they can't outright cancel The Cat in the Hat or Green Eggs and Ham because, uh, I don't know, It's like on the outward surface, there's nothing wrong with it. But you, you chip away at his character. And then I think the next argument will be, well, do you really want a well-known racist uh, to be... The, the person your kids read Even if his works Aren't on its face racist It's like We cannot reward Racist Or you know Sexist Or whatever Therefore um, Maybe uh, Mina Harris's book Should be like the new, uh, So
2: meanwhile right, new, uh, They just curriculum. celebrated um, A movie over the summer A remake of The Witches By Roald Dahl
0: mm-hmm. Oh yeah mm-hmm. Roald Dahl is infamous Right Or like, yes. He has some real problems Yeah that guy. And
2: And like They just celebrated How like I don't know Just um, you know, like Anne Hathaway playing the Grand Witch.
0: Yeah, I guess that's okay because But like why benefit. is that okay? Yeah. I mean, uh another example, Lovecraft Country, which is not directly uh derived from an HP Lovecraft book, but Lovecraft is one of the most notorious uh, racists, uh even for his time. It's like it's not just, yeah, he said a few bad things here and there. No, he he's like even for his time, people would have been like, Yo, yo, slow down, that's a little too much. But <laughs> <laughs> but I think because this time it was reconfigured so that, it, you know, it has a largely black cast. I think it's mostly black writers. Then it's okay. So, you know, it's like, well, you just made his name relevant again. I, I bet that actually increased the sales of his books. People are like, ooh, this Lovecraft guy. Definitely. He sounds kind of neat. Yeah, same with Definitely. Roald
2: Dahl. Like, all of a sudden, people are going to start looking into, like, James and the Giant Peach or, like, the BFG.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's not even really about the content or the person, it's about like who benefits and if you can, t- you can arrange it so you actually, or you and your like marginalized group benefit from it. Uh, racism is actually okay. Uh, as long as it's <laughs> kind of like redirected, which. Okay.
1: But but this is the point I was making in the chat earlier, which is that like, I don't mind that these, you know, authors of more diverse children's books benefit so long as their books are good, right? Because it is actually helpful to have kind of more diverse, um, you know, characters and stories. Uh, in this in this phase of early childhood development where your kids absorbing a lot like chris yeah i agree with that too absolutely and chris you might remember like this this um you know probably did earlier about you know the the images that like asian people see right and the story i told about this uh, asian mom whose daughter only drew princess with blonde hair and when she asked him you know why don't you draw a prince with black hair right she was like oh no princess only have blonde hair like that Mm -hmm. was what she learned uh, up to that point in her early childhood development. So having more stories is good, but they have to be good, right? They can't be shit, right? They actually have to be decent. And we were comparing this a little bit to YA where, you know, all this kind of like diversity stuff coming in is not necessarily good writing. It's just kind of inserted because it's diverse and people might have problems with that from an artistic standpoint. But at least in, in, in like for for children's books, there's actually a lot of good stuff out there. Like I've actually yeah, purchased mm-hmm. these for my my nieces and nephews and and friends' kids and stuff, and i read them. They're they're pretty decent. There's, there's good stuff out there, so I think that's a positive, right? Um, so it really really depends on what is going to fill that vacuum if it does become a vacuum in the future.
0: Yeah, remember that uh, Asian dad who started? i mean, I'm looking it up now because I forgot the title. Uh, he, yeah, he started like his own series. It's called like Pepper Zhang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because mm-hmm. he didn't he wanted for his daughters like like an Asian. Uh, character, so yeah, that's good. And plus, I I read some of the Doctor Seuss things. One of them had like the term "slid eye." I'm like, that's come are you on, serious? you know. <laughs> I don't want to be the Asian kid in kindergarten, <laughs> you know, a verse that says "slid eye." Okay,
2: right. so I mean, we so like we just like last week's episode, we fought for old movies and why people should watch them and why they should not get canceled. They should stick around. So I mean, are we gonna? Can we? We can't apply the same thinking to the old books, like, like pointing it out, like this was fucking racist. This is what people thought.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think the special case here is that this is these are books aimed at very young children. This is even like middle grade, like middle grade. I remember reading a book like Maniac McGee, which deals with racism. I think even N words are dropped in there. And I think if you're kind of like fourth, fifth grade, that's good. That's when you really should definitely be start thinking about this. When you're like cat in the hat level, I don't think you can really explain racism to kids.
1: So I think yeah, you can
2: because that- I've done it.
1: Okay. Uh well you you have more experience, so I will defer to your judgment. Eliza's but, really good at, at inserting critical thinking at the age of like two <laughs> in her children, so <laughs> yeah.
0: no, I agree. Uh I don't like if there is, I don't know, some weird kind of generalizations about various ethnicities or whatever, I don't I don't think that's gonna destroy any kid's brain. I think like something like Slid Eye should, you know, I apparently Dr. Seuss has edited his work before so I think that's fine just just edit it but what I am against is using things like this as pretext or like an excuse to shove established figures out of the way because you want market share and yeah. that's what I'm very mm-hmm. suspicious of I mean like if you're really concerned about the the language then then change it and then or even put it in a footnote and then put it back out there but to be like because he wrote this bad like c book maybe uh we should take the cat in the hat off like the, the the whatever national curriculum there is, and and uh, also conveniently, my friend uh, has this book coming. And I'm like, get get the fuck out of here, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the kind of shit they would say on Twitter too. It's like, oh, like while you're considering this scandal, like check out this book that I'm publishing next week, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Which is always what happens. So so basically, like when you said. It sets up like a pretext for other things to get canceled. So, if we just go by like racial slurs as a reason for a book to get canceled, does that mean that like Mark Twain's books are gonna we're gonna get rid of them? He's one of the most leftist thinkers.
0: Yeah, I of the last I said, century. The, I definitely agree with you. I think you know if, if you if you it's like research his
2: politics, his politics are right up there with like. A lot of very progressive people of today so imagine what people thought of him in the early 1900s mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah mark twain like you know huck finn has a lot of the n-word in it but
1: mm-hmm.
2: he was you know just showing it <laughs> isn't endorsement
1: that's right yeah
0: and you know yeah, everyone's always talking about how bad the past is well then you, you can't be like you can't live. cover
2: you, up the past, then, right? Because then you, you have just to show undercut the past. your own
0: position. Yeah, you just undercut your uh, own position if you if you simultaneously complain about how unjust the past is uh, was, but then you try to try to like soften the blow, and then people people just be confused, me like, "Hey, it d- didn't seem so bad," <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, you know this this is probably a good topic for a whole entire episode. But Liza, I'm sure you've noticed on Disney Plus, that some of the old movies they have have this kind of like caveat warning that they show that says like. You yeah know. like
2: if you try to watch dumbo
1: yeah there's yeah. a
2: warning before it yeah <laughs> this says like
1: you know images here are from like a legacy you know content mm-hmm. and it may not reflect our disney's you know um diversity practices or beliefs today this is mm-hmm. a warning but the point is that is still there you can still access it yeah right so we can talk about that separately but uh it, it's a there's a spectrum of ways you can approach this right you can like cancel the entire thing you can keep it there you can keep it there and leave a warning you can take part of it out like in, in the case of seuss here um you know i don't think there's a there's a silver bullet for this this issue
0: yeah yeah i think that's a good move i mean liza you and i we both love fantasia remember the uh the chinese dance sequence from the check uh, <laughs> you know the nutcracker
2: yes i do you
0: got like the mushroom who's supposed to be yeah. like the, the chinaman i guess doing the dance like no you, you like you can't like take that out you, you can say hey you know what we want to do this today, but hey, you know this is like the '40s. You know we were fucked up. In I the mean, 40s. if you
2: teach your kids right, they're going to look at that and they're going to be like, "Wow, that was 1940, and that's fucked up." Yeah, they're not going to mm. look at it and think like that's what all Chinese people look like. <laughs> that's you know, like my Asian kids aren't going to be like that's what we look like. <laughs>
0: yeah, and hey, what what's wrong with wearing that hat? And there isn't anything know, wrong small with it. Eyes. I mean, yeah. uh, remember that tweet I showed you guys? Uh, this like apparently, um, uh, Speedy Gonzalez is kind of under. Fire right now, <laughs> and people. Uh, this guy tweeted like this uh, hypothetical conversation between uh like a Mexican person and uh, and like a white liberal.
2: A hypothetical conversation.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, probably have a real conversation. But uh, the white person is like, you know, Speedy Gonzalez is offensive, and the the Latino says, "Why?" He's like, "Cause he's Mexican." He's like, "Why is being Mexican offensive?" <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. That's that's like half of these half of these things are like so just showing it makes it offensive like
0: what yeah you kind of like tell on yourself Show it, you, you showing
2: say- us in like our traditional clothing makes it automatically offensive okay mm-hmm. why yeah what do you want us to wear
0: yeah okay uh moving on i mean this is a bit more serious richard carranza who is the new york city school's chancellor resigned after three years and i mean i just bring this up because in this article in the new york times there's like this passage in it where it so he got infamous because he wants to scrap the SHSAT, which is the standardized test you have to get into what they call the selective high schools, which are public schools with no tuition, but they're very competitive. And, like you know, Stuyvesant? Like, yeah, and like 75% of them go to the Ivy Leagues or equivalents or something like that. He wants to do away with the test and, and, I don't know, do some like proportional... Um, admittance or whatever but anyway so in this article in the new york times by eliza shapiro she talks about how there's like an under there's not enough like black and latino students here and there's an overrepresentation of uh like lower class asian-americans and i thought that was so telling read the whole quote that's explicitly said right okay black and latino students are extremely underrepresented in those schools and low-income asian-american children are overrepresented. And I just thought that was so telling because they're not even bothering to imply that all the Asian Americans are own or they're just because they're rich and they could afford test prep and all that, which I think is is a lot of bogus anyway, but they're just like, oh yeah, we, we even got too many of the po- the poor Asians like we, we don't want them
1: either. And Does I just feel I th- like you know you know what I like to say, like saying the quiet part loudly exactly, is this ex- exactly that kind of situation where mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you're, you're almost kind of shocked that they put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, they must, and then you think they must be saying this like so out loud
0: amongst themselves oh yeah definitely it just it it doesn't even uh compute to to hide it anymore so i i mean it just says this just confirms what we all suspect which is it's not really about class they just their their idea diversity is very just like visual they just don't like seeing too many asian faces regardless of income it it messes with their very like paper thin um concept of diversity and which is why i think the whole like data disaggregation thing which is big among asian american activists is misguided because the a lot of the impetus behind a
2: lot of southeast asians are going to get swept in under like fucking Mm -hmm. non-asians cannot tell the difference between a southeast asian and an east asian
0: yeah exactly the idea is you got to decouple like let's say if you're like southeast asian you have to decouple yourself from like the chinese or you know japanese or or even koreans uh in order to get some of the benefits of you know say affirmative action or at least not be as harmed by it Nobody gives a fuck like, Sometimes I Asian. wonder If
2: all that screaming About Asians Are not a monolith I, Sometimes I wonder Maybe it'd be easier If we did see ourselves As a monolith
1: <laughs> At least you, you'd have Voting block power Right in that case well, Yeah
2: of- I mean Just for like You know For specific purposes Yes And then yeah. it's like We can all go back To our own little Ethnic like enclaves And <laughs> like <laughs> Speak our own language And eat our own food But like You know For, for stuff like this like maybe see ourselves as a monolith might be more beneficial.
0: I think that's the reality. It, it, like these attacks on Asians, because they, they see
2: us as a monolith. No matter yeah. how many times we scream that we're not.
0: Yeah, I mean, just look at these attacks. Uh, you know, Korean, Thai, Filipino. Yeah. Like, even a Latino, Latino got got attacked. Oh, I don't. We don't really know if that was racially motivated, but you can you can easily you know mistake some Latinos for at least part Asian. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's quickly run down the list. Oh, this is funny. In the Golden Globes, Anya Taylor-Joy of Queen's Gambit and Emma <laughs> Fame mislabeled as a woman of color because she's Argentinian.
2: How? Oh, because oh, what?
0: Because yeah. <laughs> technically she's Latina. Yeah, that's right.
2: I guess. But and
0: the, she's the, also like the whitest okay, fine. looking well, person then, okay, ever. Okay, <laughs>
2: fine. How come Christina Aguilera and Cameron Diaz are never mislabeled as women of color then?
0: Well, I, I even care remember even like in like the 90s or 2000s, uh, they would say like you know t- technically Cameron Diaz is Latina because I think she's Cu- Cuban, part Cuban but also Cubans are, are very white as well so it's like this is the thing with Americans they think like every Spanish speaking person is kind of like a mestizo.
2: Yeah, remember <laughs> last year when um, Antonio Banderas was nominated for Best Actor for *Pain and Joy*, and they were just like, "So all of the Best Actor nominees are white except for Antonio Banderas," and Anthony it's like, "Antonio Banderas is a fucking
0: Spaniard," you know? It's <laughs> and it's so funny. Like like Penelope Cruz also Spaniard, uh, she, just gets, she just gets thrown in as as like a <laughs> Latina, and she probably at this point probably when she's in America probably just pretends to be Mexican, and uh, these <laughs> these fucking morons can't tell. But well, she difference.
2: always hangs out with um Salma Hayek. <laughs>
0: um, and no seriously, all this can be cured if you just watch soccer. Because if you ever watch soccer, you can just by looking at the teams, you can tell Argentina, Uruguay. Um, Spain, very white country. You can't. You could like swap them out and and say they're England, and you you would not really know the difference. Actually, would no, they? You would would they?
2: Would they go ahead and call Pope Francis the first um,
0: Latino the president? First, oh, yeah. Pope.
2: Would they? Would they say that about him? Oh,
0: interesting. Um, I I I don't I don't know. I, I don't. I think they think he's Italian, which he is probably ethnic ethnically, right? Because he's from Argentina, but I'm guessing he's Italian. His heritage. Um, I just want to backtrack. Jorge a bit. I said,
2: Bergoglio.
0: That Sounds pretty Italian. <laughs> um, Jorge, well, that last That's name sounds, sounds pretty Italian. Yeah. Um, but I just want to backtrack a bit. I, I said they could be mistaken for England. Actually, no, the English teams are always a lot of black players, and True. these uh, the Latin French American countries often don't have uh black players <laughs> if they are from countries <laughs> that are majority white, like Argentina. Yeah, so it, it was just a dumb debate, and I think it was a variety that that messed up, but I mean, it just shows how you know everyone kind of wants to get in on this
1: of color uh label and
2: anya taylor joy though like that that's pushing it <laughs>
1: that's yeah. really pushing the, the photo it, they though. kept circling of her she was like super super pale and super super blonde as well right yeah <laughs>
0: so, yeah she had like a platinum blonde wig yeah. or dyed her hair uh so yeah people are outraged but it, it's also it's, it's like you you are You give two. If you give like automatic benefits to this label, obviously people are gonna take it. If somebody accidentally gives it to them, it's like free Mm -hmm. money, basically.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they won't. They won't deny it. It's almost like a compliment now to be called non-white.
0: Right. I mean, that's that's the best thing to look white, but then for whatever reason, be considered non-white. That's hitting the jackpot, right? Best of both worlds. (laughs) That's true. All right. Okay. So why don't we move on finally to Raya and the Last Dragon? Um. I watched it last night. You guys watched it a little bit before. We All watched right.
2: it on Friday night when yeah. it was um, available. All
0: right. For our listeners, quick, a uh, few sentence review. Let's start with you, Philip. What do you think?
1: Um, I thought it was an okay Disney movie. Not great. Not not terrible. But okay. Um, you know, I felt like a lot of the the things you'd expect from a Disney movie kind of fell flat. Like the jokes were kind of okay. Like the writing around it was not that great. The the voice acting was not too stellar either it was like just fine like aquafina was like supposed to be the big kind of comedy comedic relief and i felt like her a lot of her her lines kind of fell flat um you know i didn't i didn't get a lot of emotional attachment to the characters um there's one scene with the the little baby elephant in the crib that like really tugged at my uh tug my heartstrings but aside from that there wasn't a whole lot um and then the action scenes were kind of neat but it was like you know it was like Kind of expected because it's a, a bit of a martial arts kind of animated film. Mm-hmm. So, so overall it was fine. Like I, I, I and the fact that it was the, the interesting part for me was like coming out of it and thinking it was like, you know, decent. Was like it made me think: Did they just kind of like match this thing together really quickly so they can get that check mark for Southeast Asian representation? Or were they actually going to, you know, were they actually trying? Like they tried back in the day with like Lion King and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So that was my thought.
2: I was really excited about this movie because when I saw the trailer, I thought it was going to be like a lot of Filipino martial arts, Indonesian martial arts, um, like Thai, you know – like Muay Thai. Um, and it, so I watched it um, Friday night with the kids. Uh, it, to me, it was basically like the Asian version of Lord of the Rings with like a sprinkling <laughs> of My Little Dragons. Uh-huh. Um, no villain, absolutely no villain, no emotion. It's totally flat. There's more emotion in um, Over the Moon or Onward, Soul. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean that like, that surprises me because like, emotion, like really tugging at your heartstrings. That's what the studio is known for. And yeah. like, where is the fucking music? Like, give us the Disney formula. <laughs> 90 minutes, a clear protagonist, a very clear villain, and a bunch of catchy musical numbers. So, I mean, unless you want to say that like the villain is, I don't know, the human tendency for mistrust, but mm-hmm. that's too weak for a children's fantasy movie. And then like, I guess the villain could also be like the droon, which I guess would be like a stand-in for Swar- Sauron, you know, like in Lord yeah, of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. But even then, it's like, the Druin were never really doing anything that bad.
1: Yeah, it's just like random on the present, like, you know, threat, right? Like,
2: Yeah. I mean,
0: for all we know, Druin was just living their best life. That's just <laughs> <Trying to laughs> It's just accidentally understand.
2: running people over on the are writing
0: kind of of the smoke monster from Lost. Uh, remember that show?
1: Oh, I it, actually, it. it actually made me think of the mimics from uh, Edge of Tomorrow, the, the animation. That, that part was actually well-animated, I thought. The dreams, I thought they did a good job of the... I
2: thought everything was very well-animated, but sure. I still Beautiful. prefer 2D yeah. animation oh, yeah, to 3D. Sure.
1: Yeah.
2: So I thought that, like, Aquafina when she shows up, is probably, like, di- things liven up, and I'm, like, back in the movie, you know? Like, I'm, I'm not falling asleep anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but And, like, I don't know. I guess the only reason her character really has any any interest at all is just because, like, you know, dragons are supposed to have majesty and she doesn't, you know, her character doesn't, she sounds like a chain smoking, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, is, I don't know. It is it's, funny
0: how old Aquafina sounds. I yeah, think that's why, yeah. that's she what does. makes her charming. Cause her, yeah, her yeah, voice that's, doesn't match that, her. That's fine. That's her. fine. Yeah. That's
2: what she wants. That's, that's her, uh, that's her thing. But, um, yeah, like the jokes weren't actually funny once the novelty of the whole, you know, dichotomy wears off.
1: Well, you watch it with your kids. Did your kids find it funny?
2: Um, they actually really liked it.
1: Okay. Well, I guess so mission accomplished. I kept my, thing, I kept right? my mouth yeah. shut
2: about how tepid I found the whole thing, but <laughs> they watched it again the very next morning, um especially like I don't know, they were really excited when um uh, Raya's dad showed off his I guess, in the reviews they call it an Indonesian crease, but it's big in Filipino martial arts too. It's like that a wavy blade. and mm,
0: yeah. um oh, the chain blade the chain blade thing. yeah, I mean that was so cool, but obviously completely impractical, but I thought that was really <laughs> cool that's not a real weapon, is it? like yes, where, it is. where a sword really changes into yes. a cha- grappling hook?
2: Um, are we talking about the same thing? No, I'm talking about that blade that's like weight, it's like a shape, like a serpent's tail. Yeah, it's yeah, wavy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah but
0: then it also like extends to become like a like a whip kind of with blades on it
2: no that doesn't yeah that'll that, <laughs> so be the worst the sword of all time yeah. it was just like, <laughs> but like so like in Filipino martial arts um, the way it was in, in in our indigenous culture is that the more waves it ha- your blade has the higher up you are in the warrior class
1: oh yeah mm-hmm. oh that's really cool how, how did you two feel about this movie just from an entertainment standpoint compared to the new mulan? That we watched,
2: it was better than the new Milan, but that's not saying much.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: yeah, that, that's true. I mean, that was my I, thought too. My quick review: I, I just found it boring. I, I I couldn't help but just like look through my phone um, throughout the movie, and it's like the, the story of like chasing these magical stones. It's it's just a bunch of like MacGuffins and. Yeah, I mean the characters are nice. I mean, what's her, what Raya herself? You know, likable, but really interchangeable with with anybody. And and Liza, as you said, no real villain. Every, everyone kind of is happy at the end. So, yeah, yeah where's sure, the
2: Ursula? Where's the Jafar? Like, give us a villain.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, or or the Frollo. Uh, you know, like complete maniac type of thing. <laughs> um, but Philip, you you said something about was this more of like a obligatory checklist? I think it kind of shows because. Hey, let, let's talk about something like the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Like, what the fuck were they thinking, right? Like, like that movie is actually really good because it was obviously. I like love a passion, that movie. Yeah, it, it was obviously a passion project. Like, there is no way if you were, uh, you know, seeking to maximize, like, you know, audience <laughs> value or whatever. Oh yeah, let's take this like tome of a book from the 19th century about an ugly freak who lives in in some cathedral in France. Uh, and it's all about, like, uh, the corruption of Catholicism. <laughs> let's make kids watch that. <laughs> they wouldn't do that uh, nowadays. But that's why the movie is, like, you know, well, criminally they did underrated. they Beauty the
2: Beast. True, Twice. that
0: too. Yeah. Uh, but I think even then, it was less of a... We got to appeal to the crowd. And I think we you can tell that this is kind of obligatory. Because uh, let's talk about the reviews. Because I've, I'm not surprised that your kids love it, Liza. Because this is meant for kids. But then why are adults... Pretending they like this. Why can't they just say, hey, you know what's a good movie for the kids, but you know, it's like a it's like a yeah, B movie, that's minus movie. Yeah. But it's got like fucking 95% of Rotten Tomatoes, and then uh that review on Vox I shared with you guys where the reviewers obviously. Yeah, post
2: the post the um the Vox review mm-hmm. in the show notes too, yeah. because it's just it's just as tepid as the movie. It's like you can tell that the author doesn't like the movie. Right, right. But and, she's and so the... scared to say so. It's like you're it's your fucking job. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so this is Aja Romano, um, who's actually, I think, a, a white woman based on her picture. Despite her name, I, I thought she might be like Hispanic or something. Or but, Filipino? Yeah, but uh, it appears to be a white lady. Not that that should really matter. But yeah, like the review is so internally conflicted because she she keeps saying how it's magnificent. Uh, Ryan is one of her, easily one of her favorite Disney princesses of our time and all that (laughs) but then she's kind of trying to blame the the movie's genericness and blandness
1: on the white guy who came up with the story no 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 no
2: no no no
1: we're talking about the same review (laughs) the the verge review
2: no the Vox vox review
0: oh okay
1: okay yeah
0: wait wait liza why are you saying no
2: White people aren't to blame for this.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you were disagreeing with my point and saying I misread the review. You know, and then she, she like, yeah, and so she's trying to reconcile having to publicly champion this movie as like, well, one of Disney's best at least. So she's in most admitting that she has oh, to man.
2: publicly champion this movie.
0: No, she's not admitting that, but you can easily tell between the lines oh, because I see. why? If she really liked it, she would have said something like. You know, to his credit, like whoever the white guy who came up with the story, uh, came up with this great, uh, narrative and and really beautiful setting and all that. But she's like, yeah, but you know, like maybe the Adele Lim and and the other Southeast Asian American who's Adele writer... Lim? Remind me. Oh, she's the screenwriter behind Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. Oh, she also yeah, that penned was... this movie. Yeah, oh, that and kind of like spectacular, with... wasn't it? <laughs> kind of like with Mulan and Ginny and Georgia. And again, we're seeing when minorities screw up with something the the thing now is to blame white people like oh who where's the nearest white person uh blame it all on them well which you know is obviously very disempowering for minorities so yeah uh so this review was kind of just funny to read because it it was just you could just see the the cognitive dissonance
1: there's a bit of nuance here right because i I understand that people feel like they cannot poo-poo a bad movie that's like very diverse these days but this movie isn't bad it's just not great and it's it what's scary is that they can't even say that it's not that great you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying like that there's Mm -hmm. a there's a difference there between like saying a bad movie is bad and a okay movie is okay they can't do either at this point you can only praise it
0: yeah and i mean contrast that with something like soul which i haven't seen but from what you liza what you said in a lot of reviews i've read that is actually like one of pixar's best movies
2: can i tell you something though you know my kids didn't even like that movie that much Uh, Soul. Of all the animated stuff that they've seen this year, Soul was like their least favorite.
1: Like, because the story is a little bit more adult, right? Yeah, not, isn't not in it, that it's like explicit jazz music it's about like, like, like it's about grown up issues, not like kids. Yeah, it's you know, a midlife like, crisis. A movie.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's it's like looking back on your life and thinking, um, I, I don't know. It's 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 a lot of looking backwards than it is looking forwards. Right. And yeah. so the kids don't relate to that. And despite all the critical acclaim and all the awards that Soul is going to scoop up, Soul is not their favorite movie. They actually like Raya better than they liked Soul. Which actually makes sense, That, in my mind. that
0: should be the way it is. I, I would yeah. think it a little weird if
1: kids liked a movie about... Soul like was distant...
2: definitely made for adults. Yeah. yeah, think
1: about the joke about how, like, they keep finding investment bankers, right, who fall into this trap of being completely... Uh, uh, you know, hating their lives, right? Like that 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 joke would make no sense. That joke makes no sense for kids, but it makes right. absolute sense for adults. So it's really yeah. not meant for kids.
2: Yeah.
0: And anyway, I brought up Soul because, I mean, by all accounts, it seems to be one of like Pixar's best movies, but it kept being mired in this controversy over like the voice of the soul being done by Tina Fey or whatever. So they I, okay. I saw. I think the same type of critic who would pump up Ryan the Last Dragon for like diversity and ideological reasons are the same types who pull a movie like sold down because they don't want it to seem that as good as it is. Uh, so yeah, that th- that and and I think Raya. Another thing it had was this: it's Kelly Marie Tran is, is the mm-hmm. lead actress, and for her, she's like. For a lot of people, she has become, like, the, the symbol of being against the people who were against The Last Jedi. So they needed this movie <laughs> to succeed. They needed this movie to be good. It's very childish. And, you know, I I I think, you know, Kelly Marie Tran se- seems great. You know, I, I don't have anything against her or anything. But I think it's pretty obvious. It's kind of like friends boosting friends here rather than trying to be as yeah artistically objective as possible.
1: Yeah. I mean, her voice acting was good. Like, you know, she was yeah, fine she was as a lead, yeah, right? Yeah, was fine. But- um but but I do agree with you that that because it's her in particular, right, behind the scenes there's these politics around what you can and cannot say because a lot of bad stuff has already been said about her by yeah. shitty people on the internet, right? So Yeah,
0: which is why another reason why these like movie reviews are just becoming completely
1: if they were ever reliable,
0: even less so than ever before. But let's get to the voice acting, because what what little controversy this movie raised had to do with the voice cast. Uh, Kelly Marie Tran is the headliner, and she is Vietnamese American. But I think the other actors in it, like Aquafina, Daniel Day Kim, Gemma Chan, uh, I'm probably missing somebody uh, kind of big out of there, are either Korean or Chinese. Some people try to make this an issue, and I, th- you know, I, I, I don't even care if like white or non Asians voice Asian characters in animated movies. I, th- I think it's completely silly to hold that standard. But I th- I think this is worth paying attention to just because it does speak to an issue that I think a lot of Southeast Asian Americans have is you know just feeling like excluded in the whole Asian wave thing, um, whether it's lately or even just things like I don't know like you know when I watch like the World Cup I can reliably see Korea in it uh, and that's just something I've grown up with and I expect it whereas if you're like say you know tie you're probably never going to see that and i think it speaks to that issue which i think is worth talking about but then it it shows up in these like silly um like tantrums about you know too many east asians in, in the cast of this you know very average <laughs> movie so what what do you guys think about this
1: my, my thought here is like this is a disney movie right and so part of the the deal with disney movies is that they're like triple a big blockbuster movies right like, maybe not raya because it's the pandemic is not being released in, the, you know, in theaters and so on. But the point is that Disney movies have to have a lot of punch. And part of that punch comes from having like big headlining uh, actors or voice actors, right? Unfortunately, there's not a lot of big headlining Asian American voice actors. And unfortunately, there's even fewer Southeast Asian voice actors who are really well known, right? They can draw, they first have the talent and like the experience, but secondly, have the draw to the to the movie. And so I don't like blame disney for trying to you know they did a good job with get having a fully asian cast right um except for tuck tuck i think the, the the um the big rolling p- pangolin guy was played by a, a white guy or whatever sound effects he had uh, but they were all asian um and that was probably the best they could do so there's a bit of a trade-off here right between having like an experienced cast that can draw an audience and making the movie successful that way and trying to be fully diverse and trying to pull in like unknown voice actors who may not be as good Right, so there's that balance I think that's being struck here.
0: Yeah. Oh, just to interject on a, on a tangent, I loved Tuk Tuck when he was little, but when he got big, I was kind of grossed out by him. <laughs> really? He just seemed like a giant pill bug. Even when he was little, he kind of reminded me of a, of a pill bug. He was cute, so he was like, oh, you know, and he rolls around. But then when he became this like monster, I was like, oh, <laughs> goddamn, that's, that's kind of freaky. But I think he's supposed
1: to be a pangolin, so I don't think it's, that's quite right, but yeah. I, I hear you on that. I thought he was an armadillo, but uh, I, I, a I thought he would was one of those
2: sense. pill bugs too.
1: No. yeah and, and, and those just,
2: things that like you flick and then they curl up
0: yeah and, and, and you know I, I hate bugs so. <laughs> uh, but yeah um, actually interesting thing I actually don't like it when the voice actors are actually celebrities because I think of really you know the best Disney movies like the Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, they didn't have any famous voices. And so you could just kind of lose yourself. But if they had like Julia Roberts as Belle, it would just be very distracting because you would know it's Julia Roberts.
2: What about like Aladdin though, with um, Robin Williams as I think the that Chene- was
0: very special. I think that was uh, very well done. And it really just, but it was like, it, it really became Robin Williams. He's such a distinct mm-hmm, character mm-hmm. in and of himself that it worked. Yeah. But if it yeah. were say, just like, you know, just another famous comedian who's not as just, like, so recognizable, then it'd be like, why did that person particularly have to be the genie? (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah.
1: I I agree with you, and I think that's a a separate debate. What I'm saying is that, like, this is the thing that Disney does, right? They make the, the best kids' movies, and therefore they need to have the best cast. And unfortunately, at this point in time, we don't have, you know, Southeast Asian voice actors are not at the top echelon of acting. We gotta do better there, right? And maybe one way to do better is to invite more... New talent, but they had to make that balance. Mm
2: -hmm. I'm just gonna say about the voice acting thing. Um, like what's the difference when you cast a bunch of East Asians more than if you cast more East Asians than Southeast Asians, but everybody is speaking English and everyone has an American accent. You can't tell the point, right? You can't tell where they're from. It's not like it's not like each character is representing a different country and like you know, they have to have like the person that's in fake Thailand has to have the correct Thai accent, or like yeah, the person racist, from yeah. Indonesia has to have like the correct Indonesian accent. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only actor that doesn't have an American accent—it's a British accent. But it's so, like, like they have cares? to have—they
1: have to have the accent, but it has to be also not be offensive, and therefore maybe not authentic to some extent, because <laughs> it's like you, you know, there's a line, there's a, there's a line there that no one can agree on. Right. So just screaming about it
2: causes even more problems. Yeah, I mean that's why I say like
0: the trying to police for you know ethnicity or even race for voice actors is pretty dumb because they all end up sounding just like American. Uh, yeah. But I, I think the larger thing is is Philip when you make the point about Disney needs like big name people, I think the real gripe is well how come there are no big name Southeast Asian people? So if you're like Southeast Asian, you're probably looking at all the famous big name Asian American stars be like, how come there are no Southeast Asians? Do they just not like us as much? Do they just think our culture is not as cool? Do we not look good enough? Uh, and there's that whole like colorism debate that goes on in uh, Asian uh, America. So I think that's what it's really about. It's like, how come there are no Southeast Asian stars for you to pick? And how come when uh, non-Asians, especially white people like to idolize Asian cultures, it's always usually Japanese, Korean, Chinese uh, so they feel left out which I think is an understandable feeling.
1: Right, and and, and then the salt in the wound is the first time you have a Southeast Asian Disney movie, it's not that great <laughs> like <it's, laughs> it feels like it's been half-assed, right? Like there's this perpetual kind of like pushing to the back uh, you know, back of the bus or whatever or back of the crowd for Southeast Asians which is a legit concern, but I just no, don't know why. it was better
2: than Mulan
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's better than Mulan, for sure. Um, it's, not as, it's not as good, as obviously, as the original Mulan, right? No, but, no. Um, but it was better than that. And, like, yeah, kids like it, and, like, it's it, you're putting more content out there, and that helps. I think the gripes that these people had in terms of the voice actors was around the thing we always bring up, which is employment and employability, right? They're, they're just never willing to say it, I think. Well, I think that's definitely true for the industry
0: people. But if you're, like, you know, like, like a Twitter user and you have no real concerns about being a voice actor or even an yeah. actor like why would you care and i think it is feeling kind of overshadowed by your east asian kind of like brothers and sisters which then um often just like metastasizes into this a uh, labeling of of east asians as essentially white people and southeast asians as <laughs> black people because you know people always have to try <laughs> to fit themselves into pre-existing narratives and it's it's not that Neat, because I mean, we, we were just talking about it earlier. In the end, we all we're all just seen as Asian, and, and you know when we got attacked or called chink or whatever, no one's really gonna distinguish between like a, a Malaysian and a, and a Chinese person as as much as these uh, Southeast Asian like activist types or even East Asian activist types. I, I think East Asian activists are are the worst at exploiting it. Then we see the hypocrisy. We talked about this uh, before. When uh, the George Floyd thing happened, and the the Asian cop involved was Hmong, all the East Asians, um, suddenly their their concept of uh, you know, of the the Southeast Asians are oppressed, and and you know they're basically equivalent of like almost black people or whatever. No, they were they were Asian privilege applied to even Hmong, working class Hmong people. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. That's right. Um, another silly controversy was this uh allegation that. Raya was disrespectful because it just mishmashed a lot of Southeast Asian cultures. That Vox review brought that up. And I mean, but the thing is, a lot of these people also complain when science fiction or fantasy uh, adheres too closely to existing cultures. Like, for example, you basically take, uh, like, like, for example, the Warcraft universe essentially took kind of like Jamaican slash Caribbean culture and made them like the, the trolls. Like they have like a control race, and if you play like Warcraft Three, they all speak in kind of this like Jamaican accent and everything. Oh
1: yeah, that's true. Yeah. So Never about that, you,
0: I mean, just imagine like so. I guess the Fang tribe are kind of the bad guys, uh, or kind of the, the least good uh, for a lot of the movie. If they were say uh, the Cambodians, they'd be like, "Well, why'd you pick the Cambodians to be to be the bad guys? How come heart is?" vietnamese or thai oh, just Mm because everyone likes thais or vietnamese the most out of southeast asians you made them the good guys you know that's what would happen so it's just Mm -hmm. like complaining for the sake of complaining because they have all this built up angst about feeling kind of left out and it just let's just be honest i think it's angst about
2: about feeling left out truly i don't think it's i don't think it's that
0: oh what do you think it is
2: i think it's straight up just clout
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, they, so, but they know that cloud is useful because they know that feeling is out there, even if they don't themselves don't believe it. They know there's enough of that out but there. They can that you can just create you, it. Yeah, you you can stir it up because
2: yeah, because this didn't occur to me until I saw the tweets where I was just like, "Wait a minute, you're mad that this this fantasy world is like a mishmash of all the different cultures and countries? Like, you didn't get mad about Wakanda? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Wakanda, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, even like the original Mulan is. It's got a has got fucking Eddie Murphy dragon. That's obviously <laughs> not authentic at all. Whatever
2: the fuck that world is called in Game of Thrones.
0: Yeah, yeah, Westeros. Um
2: It's called it's called fantasy, so you don't have to go through like three or four hours of exposition to explain everything, you know. Right.
0: And you know that if it was flipped the other way, in which they actually did adhere very closely to existing That'd cultures. That'd be even worse. Then they would complain about that too. So this is like a no win situation. Um, you, you know that meme with with the guy sweating where he, he like presses two buttons. And they're yeah, both that's bad. right. <laughs> that, that's what that's what these people set these people up to do. Well, no matter what they push, it'll give them an excuse to vent. And yeah, make when demands, you're dealing with the woke
2: crowd, they can always find to a be a, find a way to be woker than you. Yeah, by like and, you know, uh, seeing racism where there isn't any.
0: Yeah, and
2: was I'll there ahead outrage ahead. from the latino community that like coco only represented mexican culture
1: i did not uh, hear
0: uh, i did not hear too much about it i think if i saw any hints of it it might be that it wasn't authentic enough or something but i oh, think please. generally everybody loved
2: yeah
0: that was a genuinely great movie
2: same I mean, with moana that's a good movie
0: mm-hmm. i was not sold on moana <laughs>
1: So so this controversy <laughs> we're just discussing here we heard about it before the movie even I think the trailer came out and they were bitching about it right mm-hmm. um, Were they really? Yeah and and so I've been hearing about this for a while Yeah it's been it's been way before that before it's like launch
0: Not authentic it's it's kind of a generic mishmash. Blah, 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 mishmash
1: yeah. um, and and so when I was yeah. watching the movie I was like I mean, try, I mean I, like
2: Lord of the Rings is not authentic cuz it's fantasy Yeah this
1: why, is fantasy Why why does too? it need to
2: be <laughs> I'm saying like why does it, why does fantasy need to be authentic?
0: Yeah. Actually, What does that uh, even mean? Go, before you go, Philip, actually one of the controversies about the Lord of the Rings was that it adhered too closely to existing cultures. They said the elves really? were obviously <laughs> Scandinavians. Were they really? now? There was like this the men of the South were obviously Middle Eastern. Um <laughs> mo- like Gondor was
2: Who are the uh, like, men of the South?
0: English. They were kind of like they were the bad guys, and they they wore like face scarves. They had elephants, so it was kind of this okay. thing that signaled, uh I don't know, maybe Persian or, or something like that. Um, and and the Rohan is a lot of like uh, Anglo's and Vikings, kind of like that. So it's like okay, so you don't like it when people are too close to existing things, but you also don't like it when it's a mishmash. Again, excuse to complain. Philip, please continue.
1: Yeah, so when I was watching the movie, I was trying to, like, keep an eye on all, like, the cultural trappings and where they're from. I'm not super familiar with, like, Cambodian and, like, Indonesian uh, cultures, for example. Um, but I did notice something that was interesting, which is the the martial arts in, in um, the movie, which I thought was one of the good parts, like, the choreography. I saw a lot of Muay Thai moves, like, specific moves that are well-known mm-hmm. Muay Thai moves in the fight scenes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, like, if you actually pay attention to the movie... There, there are like really nice nods at par- different parts of the culture right um, That that's out there but if you're if you're blinded by rage at this thing being a mishmash you'll easily miss that um, I'll also point out that I got corrected later that apparently that the martial arts will be actually a mash of all the different types but I did notice you know specifically Thai kind of characteristics right in the animation mm-hmm. style and the choreography and I thought that was cool that it was there but I think people just would miss that if they came in already have said about this thing you know
2: yeah yeah because at that point you're just you're just coming in and you're you know you've got your little checklist ready of like how many things can i complain about and like i can potentially go viral with on twitter
1: you're pre-offended yeah
0: yeah i mean you i don't know if Twitter's actually going to go through with this but i remember i was like last week they they said twitter was coming out with this thing where you can pay like tweeters kind of i guess it's kind of like a patreon for for twitter where my i just you... won't
2: pay for it you know
0: i'm not yeah which again just like people were doing all sorts of nonsense for imaginary internet money so now when you actually <laughs> have real money oh my god it's just gonna get even it's worse it's basically
2: like robux
0: <laughs> yeah oh it's gonna get terrible oh uh that uh, i linked that i think it was a vanity fair article where kelly marie v. Tran says yeah her character is probably lesbian to which I say, great! But then, fucking show it. Have the guts to show it. Enough I did of kind this. of
2: pick up on that in the very beginning of the movie when, like, her and um, what's what's the uh, what's Numaria the other girl's
0: name or something? Namari. Yeah, Namari. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I when they looked at each other, I kind of thought like, I yeah, brought and, that and up. And I was like, are they supposed stuff, to yeah. be gay? Because like, if a girl looked at a boy like that, you would automatically mm-hmm. like that's signaling like, oh, <laughs> ah, yeah. we're gonna get it on later.
0: Yeah, and, and this was already hinted at with Frozen with Elsa. I mean, Anna I
2: didn't see either of the Frozen's.
0: Okay. Well, like Anna is straight because she marries some some prince or something. Which but one's which? Elsa's the 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 ice, ice queen. Like she's the she's a powerful
2: She's Idina Menzel?
0: Yes. Okay. Uh but you know, Elsa's never really shown with any like love interest and I I guess I guess it's not hinted at incest i don't think she has a thing for anna but because i think she <laughs> Whoa. doesn't have a, 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 a suit like or i don't anything. know what
2: you're talking about so i'm like wow <laughs> this movie's wild
0: <laughs> so frozen's already done this like hinting at lesbian or, or like queerness like f- over five years ago and for disney to still be doing this and, and trying to seem virtuous by merely hinting at it it's like okay if you're if you're that virtuous just do it okay just do it um and I think they're trying to have it both ways. They're trying to play it safe, but uh get get the best of both worlds into that. And just like it's been done before, so quit milking it.
1: They've got a massive conservative audience, I I suspect, right? That would probably go crazy if that happened. Um, and I think that maybe goes back to what I was saying earlier about like they're not pulling, you know, old classics that are racist because maybe they're concerned about the backlash if they actually went through with it. So I think they'll get there eventually. I feel like old
2: Disney was so much bolder.
0: Well, yeah, because they weren't. They were less
1: beholden. We're
2: supposed to be in the progressive era, and now they're fucking scared. But when we were not in the progressive era, they just fucking went with it. They didn't fucking care. Like if you watch old Disney movies, you're just like, Jesus Christ! They just went for it, didn't they?
0: Yeah, I mean, could you imagine a movie like, say, The Fox and the Hound being made today? (laughs) <laughs> just this, like, no. It, uh, I mean, first of all, I think it would get canceled because the message at the end is of Fox and the, the f- Hound
2: is the Fox and the Hound kind of Robin Hoodie.
0: Mm, no, well, there was a Robin, was Robin Hood Head. where where he was a fox. Am yeah.
2: I thinking of the right movie?
0: It, it's the one where the Fox and the Hound grow up, but then uh, they then they get separated because the the Hound is supposed to hunt the fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's it's really an allegory of just kind of like. I guess it could be seen as a racial allegory about how exactly, how peacefully can you really coexist? And at the end of the movie, uh, the fox and hound pretty much come to like like a peaceful resolution in which they will live their separate lives uh-huh. mm. uh, because their roles in their society are so opposed yeah. to each other, but they respect okay, each other. Okay, now I remember. Yeah. yeah.
2: I, have the, I have two movies completely mixed up together. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there was a Robin
0: Hood where Robin Hood was a fox, both literally and figuratively, because a lot of girls had crushes on him oh my god um, you're, the,
1: you're the second person my wife said I that thought about about his, i thought he was a well-known
2: internet fox thing. as really? in like he's stealthy
0: well he's that too but no is it uh if you go on the internet be like you know did anyone else like have a crush on oh, the man. fox did robin hood everything oh
2: my god me too yeah <laughs> can you imagine disney making like lady and the tramp now
1: or <laughs> they re- didn't they remake it in like a live action
0: the title? One? Oh, they're, they're remaking it i don't know if it already Wait, came out on disney plus but they, they, they made like a cgi yeah, one yeah, I just well, like, yeah.
2: are they keeping the title "Lady and the Tramp"?
0: Um, oh yeah, that that could be a little like, perceived as sexist, but to be to be honest, like "Lady and the Tramp" is nothing without the spaghetti scene. Like the rest of the movie is not memorable. <laughs> no, it's not, yeah. it's not. that good. Yeah.
2: No, it's it's no Bambi or Fantasia or like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah.
0: But anyway, like Fox and the Hound, Fox and the Hound, I think was a box office failure when it came out because obviously, like, and this is like very scary bear. At the end who you know comes out and, and tries to kill the fox and the hound but you know uh, compare a, a, the message of a movie like that which is incredibly it's like sobering and it, it works on a lot of levels versus Ryan the last dragon in which no no nobody's bad everyone's good all you need to be is
2: seven nations the, or is it five nations five, five nations, nations yeah. just come together for absolutely no reason <laughs> you know they just all of a sudden they just get along at the end.
1: Yeah, that tom yum soup man looks really good. (laughs) (laughs) Is is that even a real dish? Uh, Um, I I don't know. It just looks like a tom yum soup to me. It probably mm -hmm. isn't real, but
0: yeah, this. I think Frozen also didn't really have a villain. I mean, Elsa was kind of the villain for a bit, but mainly because she was being because she was people were mean to her, so she was teetering on the edge of villainhood. But then, happily ever after. Oh wait, no, there was a bad guy. It was like some scheming guy, and then it got it got some kind of like red pill type of guys mad because they're like
2: all the all the, all the men <laughs> the are evil stupid in this movie <laughs> get mad about a cartoon wow
0: um <laughs> but yeah I, I definitely think in this day where you are you have too much like data from your audience plus you, you you have to be too sensitive to social media outrage there's definitely less risk uh, yeah, speaking of allaudible. data though
2: um how does Disney decide what's going to be premium access and what's not. Like we had to pay for Mulan and we had to pay thirty dollars for Raya, but Soul was with the subscription. Uh, Over yeah, the Moon was with the subscription. Yeah. So like, how do they decide? I realize that they can like see in our living rooms, but like, how do they? How do I'm, they do this?
0: I'm guessing it's the budget. Like if they invested a lot into a movie, I they... feel like
2: Soul cost more money than Raya.
0: But did Soul have a theater release? Like did it come out just on the cusp of like COVID? Yeah, cuz
2: it was like on Christmas Day. It came out the same oh, really? day that Wonder Woman came out. Remember huh, over Christmas like everybody was watching either Soul or Wonder Woman 84?
0: Oh yeah, okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, that is a good question. I I don't really know.
2: And like Soul is the one that's going to reap all the rewards.
1: Yeah. I think I think budget, and I think like maybe the cast and how big it is, and I think also I'm sure they do some demographic, you know. Yeah, like uh, I can't understand
2: because I'm like people in Seoul were famous too, and then like in Over the Moon, like that one we didn't have to pay for. They just dropped that in the middle of September.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: But anyway, this is kind of a prelude to a future episode that we're going to do on martial arts. But you know, I was thinking about all the all the martial arts um, that we see out there. So like Indonesian martial arts, Silat, they have the raid and they have the raid too. Mm-hmm. Um, Thai, Muay Thai boxing has Ong Bak. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Protector, ta- yep.
2: Yeah, tons of movies with Kung Fu and like Japanese martial arts. Um, but then when it comes to Filipino martial arts, Kali, just as fucking brutal as Silat and, and Muay Thai and all the others, mm-hmm. The only time you ever see it in movies is like Jason Bourne and John Wick. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, really? I didn't know that's was Kali. Mm-hmm. So you're saying there's no dedicated blockbuster
2: or well, even the, cult well, yeah, hit the, the reason Kali it's movie. the reason it's Kali is because Dan Inosanto is um, the guy that his studio does all the choreography for a lot of these. Um, for a lot of the the movies that use Kali, yeah, yeah. And, and like he he's got very you know it's a socal based studio, so they have Hollywood ties. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, why is there no like specific Kali movie? I mean, uh, when there, it comes, so th- this is my representation fight right here. Is like, I would like like a dedicated like a like an Ong Bak or like a the Raid. But for, do you?
1: But there must be Filipino Kali movies, right?
2: Uh, not really. You'd be surprised. Oh, really?
1: Wow. Okay. That's yeah. It's interesting. Is that the martial arts with the the yo yo?
0: That's the. <laughs> I
2: I don't. I'm not sure what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, I, I heard
0: of this like Filipino weapon they use, which is essentially, it's like a flail, you know. But maybe. Uh, but it's it sounds but, like, I mean, If you want to see
2: really good kali, I mean, you you're pretty much looking at a Jason Bourne movie, or you're looking at John Wick three.
1: Mm-hmm. But nothing I dedicated see. like uh, on back or protector. Yeah. like... Yeah. I'd watch that. I mean, it sounds great. Two was,
2: Filipino Kali guys.
1: Yeah, I guess it's, they, they just haven't been uh, uh, popularized yet. Did it's, you? Did it's you It's my notice? only
2: representation. Beef.
1: In in, <laughs> in Raya, did you notice Kali like techniques moves? Yeah,
2: in the beginning, she's got the two Kali sticks. Raya.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, oh yeah, that's right. yeah. Oh yeah. I and in the trailer, she's
2: got the two Kali sticks, and that's right. and like that's, that's the reason I bought the movie. If if I, if I knew it was going to be like this, I wouldn't have spent thirty dollars. <laughs>
0: Well, well we'll we'll chip in
1: uh yeah, i'll demo you 15 bucks for the half or whatever yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah we don't have to say that on the <laughs> podcast. oh one
0: thing um that i thought if, if you really want to nitpick at this was how what's it uh raya has like bigger eyes than nomari nomari <laughs> has like the more like slanted eyes well is it- always because
2: the protagonist has like the big innocent like watery eyes right right so i was like okay and if then, you want to like, you know i mean like look at jafar versus aladdin like one had like the dark circles and a super hook, like semitic nose
0: yeah, yeah he's yeah. got like a f- <laughs> like <laughs> a face like look twice at Scar as long as versus
2: yeah. mufasa and simba <laughs> like yeah, even got in the, the animals dark, <laughs> like darker he's... fur and
0: darker mane <laughs> but i thought some people might pick up on them who knows maybe maybe tomorrow there'll be a there'll be a buzzfeed article uh, about it but you know that's that's like something if you really want to pick pick on is like why does the well she uh, numari's not evil but for a lot of movies she does come kind of she's off a as rival evil. right
1: she's a rival yeah so no. it's like, why
0: the why can't the the princess have like slanted eyes <laughs> i would not be surprised
2: as if big eyes automatically make you beautiful you know well, that, that's yeah. the thing i think it's, a lot of
0: asians do think that and, and it's like harmony deeply... of
2: features you can't have like big eyes and then like the rest of your face is fucked up
0: yeah i mean i mean if big eyes were good then steve buscemi would be the most beautiful man <laughs> <in the world. laughs>
2: uh. or like rob schneider yeah. would also be attractive
0: <laughs> yeah uh-huh yeah so uh all in all raya you know, I'm, I'm glad Southeast Asian. Like there was that Verge article about, um, I think she was Filipino American, she felt seen. And you know, as trite as that phrase is, it is easy to take that as granted if you yeah, do feel is, seen Yeah, it is because it's like lot.
2: these are movies that are made for like little kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
0: but even I, I'm, 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 she's not a little kid. But I, I can, you know, let people Anyone have their moment. Anyone to feel seen, yeah. But yeah. what I am against is pretending this is a great movie when it's not, and trying to boost it. Beyond what it actually is, if you're an adult, if you say like this is a great movie for kids, I would love to. S- I probably, would love to but- ask the
2: kids in like 20 years if they rewatch Raya. Like, what do you think of it now? You guys loved it when you guys were kids.
0: You're like, who? You know, you never like, know.
2: They might. It might know. like have some sort of like place in their heart. Yeah, maybe. They watch tons and tons. There's tons of diverse options, but very few have Filipino martial arts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they see the kali sticks and they see it's it's not. It's not really the people because they're actually very used to seeing brown and Asian people all over TV and mm-hmm. like all over the media. Yeah, it's it's a, a culture of trappings, read. right? Yeah.
1: Right. Like the it's,
2: martial arts it's and stuff. The, it is the, um, It's the collie sticks and the knife that mm-hmm. they were just yeah. like, yo, cool.
0: Yeah. I do think this could have been a great movie if it had good music though. I mean…
2: Just, There's a f- non-existent soundtrack. Yeah, yeah Consider
0: Frozen without the soundtrack. It, it sucks. There's like nothing really that great in it uh, but it's it's a soundtrack that does al- almost all the heavy lifting i think i in would say movies.
2: yeah yeah you're right if you take away all if you take away the music from a lot of the disney movies yeah. some <laughs> disney some of the well i don't know if they're disney but they were definitely pixar but if you some pixar movies can hold up without much of a soundtrack like
0: well yeah because like even, big even hero
2: the- six and like wally and um
0: well big hero 6 is not pixar right that's actually disney animated. that's disney dreamworks, i think yeah is it not dreamworks oh no, no it's was it was it was it was it definitely disney disney, disney,
1: disney, disney, yeah. disney. yeah
2: that's right yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel like a disney like the formula because it doesn't have like all the music and the but it, it still holds up without the music this is not one of them
0: yeah I mean, also pixar unless what it's about like up Newman. is
2: up is that pixar or is it's that pixar, that oh, yeah, pixar. That's definitely, that's
0: pixar, pixar definitely pixar
2: when did disney buy pixar
0: Oh, quite a while ago uh I think like in the two like early two thousands yeah a decade ago, plus quite a while ago, but I mean, up is a beautiful soundtrack, but it's not like a musical style Broadway style type of movie. Mm-hmm. um Michael Giacchino he has a gorgeous soundtrack really makes that movie sore as well, because he has that famous married life I, I mean sequence I, I, like in, the, in the
2: emotional highs and lows of the movie are just so um like when the wife dies
0: yeah and, and I think the music plays like, a part and like when the that, dad yeah.
2: dies in Raya you're just like oh uh. you're like
0: Meh. well cause you also know he's coming you, back you know he's coming back so like, <laughs> exactly. unless they like shattered him yeah. you're like oh I guess he's temporarily frozen hey he just like probably will have great skin cause he, he's not aged for like That's right. a
1: little bit he's five, he's four years younger <laughs> he's gonna be like he's a hot younger. young dad <laughs>
0: he's
2: like <laughs> he's like 30 and she's like 26 <laughs>
0: like ooh weird uh, you know weird that who's the big complex. guy the
2: big warrior dude with the eye patch what's his name oh, again I
0: I don't know his name, but T O N G
1: Tong.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He reminds me of like um if they made this into a live action movie like 20 years ago, that would totally be Bolo Young.
1: Oh uh, that
0: I don't know who that is, but I can picture yes, him Yes you already. do. He's in
2: Bloodsport <laughs> and he's in Enter the Dragon. The big guy. He bounces oh, guy? his boobies in Bloodsport.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy.
2: He doesn't talk. It's that he he like he taunts Jean-Claude Van Damme and he like he makes his boobies bounce. And he does the one at a time, too.
0: I will i will say one thing I really liked about Raya. I love the con baby. She was fucking hilarious. Oh, she's really
1: funny, yeah. Yeah,
0: and I, I love her chubby cheeks. And that was, I think, genuinely funny. The the idea the, of this... The
2: two best characters is Noi and Tong. The, that pair. Yeah, yeah they're, they're Noi good. is the con they're baby, good. yeah. Right, if we could just spend all of our time with those two, it would have been a much better movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh-huh. All right. So I think, Eliza, you said you have a hard stop at around now. So it sounds like it's a good time to uh, let go. So thanks for listening, everyone. So this was our discussion on Raya and Southeast Asian representation. We'll catch you next week with another episode. Have a great day.